This series is coming out of a genuine love for the local church. We've served in the local church, and we truly believe that the church at its best is the answer to a lot of the issues facing our communities and the world. Yeah, so just to get it out of the way, we know there will always be problems between light and dark. We know that the world will hate the truth and the life because we saw what happened on Calvary. However, there are things that the church has consistently done and is still doing to harm the witness of Christians. And if we can't be accountable to the cross and to each other, we will continue to reap the rightful judgment of our actions from a sinful world. So let's get into it. Stains on the church. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your host, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today's episode is part two of mm-hmm. Stains on the Church. And today we talking about racism. Like, we're just going to get it out of the way. Why do you guys say it like that? Because I just felt like I needed to get into it. Like, this this is what we talking about. Don't we ain't, ain't doing no other stuff. Just racism today. We're going to get to it. Well, that's not true. We are talking about other stuff. We are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, bye. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This, uh, this issue of racism has been uh, popular. It's a buzz topic right now yeah. for a lot of people, yeah. uh, but not for us because we live this. So it's not really a buzz topic. It's something we've <laughs> addressed since we started the podcast. and <laughs> Since um, we've been alive. <laughs> really. Been, been part of our lived experience mm-hmm. for uh, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we wanted to really talk about how racism has stained the church. Yeah. And, and, how, how, oh, how, but, it, uh, and in particular <laughs> on this like the Super Bowl day of Christianity, which is Resurrection Sunday, yeah, Easter Sunday, buddy. however you uh, like to identify it. Um, why would we talk about it? Like this is something we actually had a conversation about. Like, should we should we like skip uh, a Sunday for the series to like give Easter its own thing because Easter is its own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, or should we pick another topic, like pick another stain that maybe isn't as <laughs> offensive? Um, and really wow, like yeah. it kind of boiled down to like, no, if we are going to talk about this anytime, mm-hmm. it really should be something we can address on the day that we're celebrating Jesus's resurrection because his resurrection represents for us freedom That's right. from sin. And really like, to, to kind of tie it into the next little bit, like the story that we're going to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the freedom from the slavery to sin yeah. that we celebrate on this day more than any other day in the Christian church. And so like, yeah. we really have to dive into this. We, we kind of felt convicted, like, well, we're not going to skip over this. Yeah. We're going to just bring it home on this day because it's appropriate. We are not those that shrink away. Hey, we keep on pushing it back it. to scripture. I know it's weird, right? That's kind of your thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when we were serving at this church, we had a, a gentleman who was a part of the congregation congregation who um lord bless him he was a a, a saint of a man mm-hmm. who had some issues some mental issues had a um memory problem mm-hmm. where he wasn't he in an, an accident i think or something i don't remember i don't remember either. i don't remember exactly but I, I don't remember the cause but i know the the result was that he would often repeat the same stories over and over and over and over and so you would see him you know five or six times in a sunday morning and he'd tell you the same story every single time and they were the best stories well and they his, were always the his best. favorite ones were uh he would see us and something in his memory triggered and he said uh you know jesus died to end slavery that's what he no died. joke 
He would say that. He, he died <laughs> in slavery. And, and then he told a story about his grandfather who was a member. Have of I the, told you about my grandfather? Have I told you about my grandfather? He was a member <laughs> of the KKK and he cut the tattoo off his arm. Yeah. Once and he, he got found saved. the Lord. And he'd always say at the end of it, he'd always say, um, and he still, he still tells this story. I think, um, he'd say, Oh, thank goodness. He's up there and not down there. Yes. <laughs> he every, always highlighted that part of the story. And he would like, he would tell us his story, not from a place of like, well, you know, Jesus died and no, he no. was like bold about it. He's like, listen, sin and slavery and racism is wrong. And, um, for some reason that was something that stuck in his memory. He couldn't remember a lot mm -hmm. of stuff, but he remembered that story and he remembered that fact about Jesus. And we would help to guide him a little bit. We're like, well, yeah, he set us free from, from slavery to sin. He mm -hmm. set us free. Um, but in his mind, the sin of actual slavery, chattel slavery mm -hmm. was a huge sin that Jesus had to die to to abolish like yeah, he to used abolish. the word abolish yeah yeah and so he believed that as as christians and we also believe that uh, it is our duty it is our christian responsibility to fight against bigotry to fight against mm -hmm. racism and to set oppressed people free yes um and we also <clears throat> understand that because christ died and rose again he created a new race of people mm. right the church there's no uh no levels there's no uh delineation between no hierarchy people, no hierarchy yeah and so he, he brought us into this new creation. And as we enter into the new creation, there's no room for mm -hmm. racism. There's no room for that. Yeah. And racism really has become, um, not become, has consistently been a stain on the church, especially the Western, Westernized church. Yes. Yeah. It's something that we, we find is more common and more relationally affected, uh, re effective, I should say, in our context. Now there's certainly racism and ethnocentrism that happens. Colorism. Colorism that happens all around the world and yeah. it manifests differently in different um, cultures. Mm -hmm. But for us, since this is our culture, we recognize it most here. And um, we were talking about it and I was like, you know, racism to me, it's a particular kind of stain on the church. Like it's not just like a regular, like, oh, you spilled something. Oops. <laughs> now we got to clean that up. Racism yeah. has, has almost become this. It's like, I think of it as like a white t-shirt mm -hmm. that you have. That's like, okay, this is my, I just got this brand new white t-shirt looking and, good and with the pro looking club. real good. You pro know, you got the, the thick collar. It's like, it's mm -hmm. not that right. It's not just like the thin cotton. It's like the real, like really well spun cotton. Mm -hmm. And you make the decision for whatever reason to go and wear the shirt to work out in. Okay. So you get it all kinds of sweaty sweating it and it gets real sweaty under the pits because that's where we really get that like hot you, sweat you know, you know when you, you work out you know this is. feeling and so what you do is you you then put the shirt in the pile of dirty clothes you okay. just put it there with the other ones and you kind of leave it you forget about it mm -hmm. and you just kind of let it sit then when you go to wash the shirt you find something interesting mm -hmm. you can't get rid of the stain mm. not only can you not get rid of the stain because it's a white shirt so like you're gonna see the pit stains you didn't treat the stain. Yeah. So now you got this like yellowish color. And then mm -hmm. every time you wear the shirt after that, mm -hmm. it's going to smell because you didn't treat the stain originally. So all of this to say, I'm, I could drag this analogy out for like <laughs> a good portion, but that's what the, the sin of racism to me is like a pit stain on the church. Yeah. And looking at the shirt illustration. So like once there's a pit stain on it, uh, especially if you got that fresh, clean, I mean, crispy it's real. It's like, it's like a fruit of the loom. Like, right. I don't even know. I like, like, so pro club, if you're from okay, California, you yeah, understand yeah, yeah. Yeah. pro club is like what we used to do. We used to rock the pro clubs. Um, but if you have that, that's like an outer shirt. Like you wear that yeah. as like you, you the thing iron you it. wear. They you starch even have songs. Them franchise boy. Yep. In my white tee. In my white. If you don't remember that song, then I don't know what to tell you. But, um, but once you pit stain, you can't rock the white tee like that anymore. No. Now it's relegated to an undershirt. 
Like now you can only wear that shirt Come if you've got a button up or, or something over that. And now this this shirt that you you had, um, you paid a price for <laughs> somebody. Did. Somebody you, get it right. You you can't be proud of that anymore. Now you have yeah. to you have to dress it up in order for it to be presentable. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you're letting the world know that you've got these stinky little pit stains that you've never actually treated. Mm-hmm. And so looking at so I'm just trying to draw the analogy, right? Okay, okay, I hear you, Pastor. <laughs> so racism <laughs> as the pit stain of the church. Yeah, um, it does the same thing, right? You mm-hmm. can't rock the church in the purity that it was Come meant on. to be rocked in, Come right? On. That's theological language. Um, <laughs> you can't actually... Um, Shall not be rocked. <laughs> the the church, instead of being pure and presented as, as simply and um, beautifully as it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, um, now you, you've got these stains, and instead of dealing with the stains, because we've had generations of church that have never mm-hmm. dealt with the stains, mm-hmm. um, now we have to try to cover up those stains. Yeah, church it up. Got to church it up. Got to put the button down on over it, right? Oh. You've got to have added programs and added things yeah. uh, to distract people or to to not let people see yeah. that there's this underlying thing. But then at the same time, like maybe you don't see it because mm-hmm. of all these other things going on in the church. Like you got all these little programs and things and it's nice little, you know, you got the coffee shop, you got nice things in the church. Mm-hmm. You may not see it, mm-hmm. but just like that, nasty white t-shirt now mm-hmm. eventually you're gonna smell it you yeah. will smell it again yeah you're right it's just like when you have a a shirt or clothes that you wash and they get that that mildew stain yeah like you know I you leave them in the wash that. too long i hate that but the worst is when you like you don't notice it right so you wash them you dry them mm-hmm. and you're like oh it smells fine but Ugh. then the second a piece of your sweat touches that cloth it's on it activates that stain. you you are rank the rest activate of the day activate the stink activate <laughs> Your sweat. Racism. Activate the stink. <laughs> that's, the, that's the tagline for racism it in is. the church. It is. But that, that's what happens in the church is when there's that underlying stank yeah. of racism. Um, whenever there's like an issue or tension or mm-hmm. or something, it reactivates the stank. Because it got hot enough. It got, it got church hot starts enough. sweating. Oh, Jesus, we don't want to talk about this one. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then you activate. And so, wow, that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. the things in this culture, especially recently, that we've experienced with uh, the the George Floyd, yeah, uh, and he the, the whatever his name is, the officer Derek yeah, Chauvin, yeah, yeah, Chauvin, yeah. he's on trial right now, right? Um, like all of this is bring, being brought back up again. Yep. You're starting to see people delineate and start to draw these lines between, well, this and that, and well, don't, I don't don't be that nice. Now we're not just seeing people do this; we're seeing Christians, sorry, yeah, who live and breathe and have their being in the under the blood oh, wow. and covenant of Jesus. I'm not, I'm just, just kind of putting, we're it not going to just right say there. people. We're not going to say, Oh, well some, <laughs> as some would have it. No, no, no. Some of y'all in the in church, the leaders church. in the church mm. names on buildings in the church. Right. Some of you come on. Such were some of you, such are right? some of you, such are some of you are doing this. It's not just general people. I think that's the, not to correct you, but I'm like, no, correct this, away. This is where um, we have to focus. It is this, it's the church's issue. Yeah. This is, it's the church. And so in the church, we're seeing that people are, uh, dehumanizing other people. We're seeing that people, um, that Christians are taking their, their platform. We've talked about walking in your authority. And so, uh, Christians are using their authority in the Lord to not speak freedom into people's mm. lives, but to speak condemnation into people's lives to, to say that there are people groups that are deserving of death. Um, and it wasn't just with the George Floyd thing. We saw it with the election. We saw it with, uh, last year with the, the BLM protests. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen, we've seen the story play out and it's not anything new. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, like the history of racism in the church in America is as old as the church in America. Come on. Like if you didn't know, like when the freedmen came out of the South, out of slavery, mm-hmm. um, or like freedmen were in the North and they were just, just freedmen. They didn't run from slavery or anything. And they were and seeking women. to go to, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> General men. It's not a guy girl thing. <laughs> not a guy girl thing. <laughs> But when they went to church, like, even though they were free, they were still not welcomed in churches in the North. You know what I mean? Like they were still like the, the actual denomination of the African Methodist Episcopal church. Those of you who don't know your church history, shout out to the AMEs. AME, what's happening y'all? Um, so what happened is these were Methodist, uh, preachers, Methodist pastors who were black, who were African, um, descendants, right? When they were free, they went to church. I believe it was in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was in Philadelphia. They went to the the Methodist Episcopal Church to to worship with their mm-hmm. other believers, went down to the, the altar to pray and were removed from the altar physically by men saying, hey, black people can't can't pray with us. And so they left the Methodist Episcopal Church to create the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. It was racism that created an entire denomination. Yet today what we would hear is, well, why are there black only churches? I don't understand yeah, how, black churches, how why, the church why? is racist when black people are the ones who started their own churches, not understanding because of the ignorance that yeah. has been allowed in the church, not understanding that there was a historical need. Yeah. There was a very real threat and need for black people to then start their own communities of faith because they were not welcomed into the white only communities of faith. Yeah. So we're seeing at the very inception of this country from the, from the ground roots of American uh, being a Christian in America, mm-hmm. you're seeing the, the racist ties and yeah. um, most, not most, but a lot of major denominations came out of this, this issue of racism, right? Mm-hmm. You had um, churches that supported slavery and churches that didn't support yep. slavery. Yep. And so they couldn't stay unified because that mm-hmm. was a, an Imago Dei issue. Mm-hmm. That was like an issue of gospel. Mm-hmm. And so they would split. And so you like people nowadays who are so far, who believe they're so far removed from racism and it's not a thing anymore. And why can't we all just be one? You're forgetting about the pit stain. Yeah. You're forgetting that these untreated issues of racism, this racial divide that caused so many people to be like, Hey, I can't actually even be in fellowship with you as a Christian anymore mm. because of your belief about this group of people. Yeah. Or if you even believe they're people or not, I can't, yeah. I can't be in fellowship with you. And it's created historically such a, a deeply entrenched um, culture mm-hmm. of segregation in our, in our nation that we're facing oh uh, <laughs> don't try to rhyme on racism <laughs> I, I couldn't that's an album rhymes on racism by <laughs> pastor nick smith <laughs> number one track activate that stain oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and even like dr martin luther king has that quote of saying that sunday is the most segregated mm-hmm. time in america yeah and it's yeah. so true that the history of racism is a history of american christianity in a yeah. lot of ways well and i i think even before even like certainly we can most um, quickly identify racism between or from whites to blacks. Like we can, Mm -hmm. that's like kind of the like American is apple pie. It's pretty like (laughs) pretty identifiable. But even before that, Mm -hmm. we can look at racism towards the native peoples um, here. At the same time. Yeah. Like colonialism Mm -hmm. saying like, Oh, well, if you're going to worship Jesus, you have to do it in this way. Yep. Which we then took over to Africa when we started sending missionaries over and said, okay, you cannot worship Jesus 
without a shirt on. Like you just can't do that. <laughs> you you're just not allowed. It's just totally unchristian of you. I don't know what chapter um, or book or verse I don't know that where is. they got that from, but they started saying it. Didn't you? Paul um, said that you got to have a t-shirt. It got buttoned be up. Be ye clothed <laughs> in righteousness. What? No. Anyway, no, in a white t-shirt. In a- <laughs> But no pit stains. No pit stains. But but seriously, like we see this, like you said, from the inception of this nation. nation. Oh my mm. goodness, I can't, I can't talk like him. It's okay. It's okay. Um, You're good to go. But we see that, and it carries over, mm-hmm. where we see the birth of um, stereotypes. Yeah. And the birth of commonly held misunderstandings about Native people, mm-hmm. about immigrants, mm-hmm. about Black people, about, I mean, you any minority group. Yeah. Um, you see this. And you see it having roots in some fashion in the church, which is something that we have to identify. And we have yeah. to really, in order to treat it, yeah. in order to treat the stain, you got to be like, oh, there's a stain. Well, this, there. this is a particular kind of stain. Now I know how to treat it. Well, and I think the reason we're so slow or have been so slow, people in general have not addressed racism in the church is because um, we know one, it's not supposed to be there. Like we yes. understand in our soul that that's wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I think people don't know how to hold tension in relationships. You don't know mm. how to, people can't say, um, yes, the church has done amazing things, has brought about, um, awesome changes in this world. Yeah. But the church also has some repenting to do. Right. Because the second, like what it feels like is that people can't give that leeway mm-hmm. of saying, yes, the church was wrong in this area without feeling like they have to say, oh, the church is terrible. Right, it's like, all or nothing. It can't, it's not all or nothing. Like that yeah. is a lie from the enemy. If you ever get drawn into a all or nothing conversation, it's this or that. Um, there's always another way. There's always something different um, besides like, is it Jesus or not Jesus? But when people are trying to pit and say, well, the church did this wrong, so clearly the church is evil. No, the church has done some wrong things, Yeah. yet the church is still the hope of the world. Yeah. And the church is still good mm-hmm. in what its intent is and what Jesus has uh, ordained and is using it for. Absolutely. But we can't, we can't overlook the bad and be like, oh, well, that never happened. It's like, no, it happened. And the fact that we're not trying to treat it, the fact that we're not addressing it mm-hmm. has caused so much division. And it, mm-hmm. it is a stain um, in, in such a way that non-believers look at the church and they see hypocrisy. And a lot of mm-hmm. times we, as Christians, we get so sick of that word, like, oh, hypocrite. They're always calling us hypocrites. Well, they're hypocrites too. And it's, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But there's some some valid points they're making. Yeah. Right. And again, we're not bashing the church. We love the church. Yeah. This is why we're calling the church out. There are some valid points that the world makes when they say, hey, church, you say you're supposed to love people. You Mm -hmm. say that all men are created equal. You say that God loves uh, everyone. Yet look at what you're doing. Yeah. Well, even what you did, even with regard to this Resurrection Sunday and Mm -hmm. Easter, like the, the Lenten season. Um, which is the 40 days leading up to um, Easter Sunday where yeah. we, we recognize um, like the, the grievance or excuse me, the, the grieving of our sin. We, mm-hmm. we mourn and we repent. This is supposed to be a season of repentance. That's why we fast. Yeah. Um, different faith traditions fast from different things. And we do this leading up to resurrection Sunday because then we get to celebrate what Jesus has purchased for us Amen. Yeah. Um, on the cross and through walking out of the tomb. It's like, you can't, talk about all of this amazing stuff that Jesus did for you and how he died for our sins and he was resurrected from the grave and he is risen and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then every other season of the year. Yeah. Post hashtags, pictures, memes degrading the image of God Come on. in other people who you say 
who you say. You say Jesus died for all. You say hashtag all lives matter. You yeah. say these things. And that is where the contention comes. It's not just hypocrisy. It's like, I'm confused. These people say they're Christians mm-hmm. and are encouraged. They're inviting me to church. They want me to come to the potluck. Mm-hmm. They're like, you got to come and hear the pastor. He just tells it like it is. And <laughs> like they're inviting me into this thing that they think is so amazing. But what I just heard come out of your mouth yeah. about George Floyd and mm-hmm. how he deserved to die because of his sin or whatever your interpretation of his mistake was. Yeah. There's like, there's a disjunct. There's a, there's a cognitive dissonance that's so repulsive to people who are yeah. not of the faith. They're like, I, I really want to be as far away from that as possible because yeah. of what you're, what you're believing and saying and doing just all of it's messed up. Well, and so just two things that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, if the church actually entered into Lent with the heart and um, intentionality that Lent is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is to to actually humble yourself, to actually seek the Lord, to mm-hmm. actually mourn over your sin. If the church really did that, mm-hmm. you would see a transformation of this world. Wow. Like if the church actually did it, it'd be crazy. Um, so yeah, it's supposed to be that season, but a lot of times it, it turns into such a personal, I want to be a better me, um, so I'm going to give up candy on Tuesdays. You know what I'm saying? And so I want God to fix me and make me a better me. Um, I want to do the things that I should have been doing all along. So I'm not going to be on social media for 40 days. Exactly. And, and how does that, how does that actually build you up in the faith? Like, and, and I'm not knocking that. If that's where you start. That's awesome. But as believers in Christ, yeah. we should actually be mourning over our sin. Yeah. We should be seeking the Lord. We should be praying and fasting for his righteousness in our life. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. Like yeah. when yeah. you said that, I was like, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But I don't know if that actually happens. Um, the, the second thing you said about, um, people being made in the image of God and us posting mm-hmm, hashtags mm-hmm. and memes and, and all that stuff. Like the world sees the church and the world looks to the church. We're the only group of people that people that aren't a part of us hold us to, to a standard. It's true. Like you can, no one goes to a Buddhist and be like, you're not acting like a Buddhist. You shouldn't have killed that fly. Yeah. Nobody How does that. You? And maybe somebody does, but I mean, in general, the, the general population doesn't do that, but the general population will hold Christians to a standard and say, Hey, no, you're not supposed to judge. You're supposed to love. You're mm-hmm. supposed, and the world ha- understands the standard yeah. that we're supposed to live into. Mm-hmm. And so then when we act out of character of Christ, when we start to live into the world standards, then they start to, to be like, oh, so you're just like us. So you have nothing to offer yeah, me. So, so what, what point is there for me to give my life to Jesus? Yeah, if, Jesus if apparently you gave your life Sunday to Jesus club. and I could, I can get away with the same stuff yeah. if I'm just being me. There's, there's almost... Uh, um, more respect given to like openly racist Klansmen mm-hmm. who claim to be Christian. Yeah. Now I don't like them. I'm not saying I respect them. Like, yeah, they're doing good work. Not by any means. But what, what I'm saying is you can, you can, it's very political. You, you can have <laughs> respect for someone who's honest, even if you disagree with them, you can be like, okay, True. you True. owned, you owned your nonsense. Yeah. Integrity is yeah. integrity. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. is two left shoes, mm-hmm. but okay. At least you're, you're, you're owning up to your stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem is when we we understand racism is wrong, so we can't identify as racist, yet we are racist. So then we have to try to cover our racism with some sort of sense of self-righteous nationalism or mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. because we can't just outright say, oh, well, I'm just racist mm-hmm. and I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And those two don't go in together. Yeah, but I that's how I am. So I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah. So we don't want to own that. Dissonance. Exactly. We yeah. don't want to own it. And so we, we live in a place where we're in denial. We're running from the truth. 
and we never treat the pit stains. Come on. That was a lot of words I said. That was a lot, but it was good. Like, the, And this is the conversation that, unfortunately, we can have. We mm. can have this conversation. You guys can watch our conversation. You, you can, can have it too. Be a want. part of this. But I will tell you, like, my biggest, like, letdown or the, the hardest thing for me to navigate in these last, I would say, five, six years. Mm-hmm is that I can't have these conversations with my white brothers and sisters. Nine Major- ten, majority yeah. of them. If if I enter into this conversation, I would say the seven or eight conversations I've had most recently, mm-hmm. there is no, there, it never ends on Jesus. Yeah. It ends on some level of like placating or victim blaming, victim yeah. shaming, or I'm a victim of reverse racism. And so you can't tell me what yeah. all of these things. And it, and it's from Christians. Like the, I don't yeah. have these conversations with non-believers. Most of my non-believing friends have more of a a Jesus, a, a practical Christianity about how they deal with yeah, racism. Practical moral, pra- it's, like, it's like practical the, morals. Yeah, yeah practical morals. They, they have an understanding of like, no, this is wrong and this is right and this is how we should do it. Um, so non-believers, they're 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 on board. They're doing their thing. It's the Christians. It's the people yeah. in the church who are leading. Christians can teaching theology. Can we, can we address the reverse racism thing? For can a second? we please go for it? Okay. Stop saying it. <laughs> so <laughs> I would like to address this. Everyone, everyone listen up, listen up. Okay. First off, there's no such thing as reverse racism. Reverse what? racism. What are would, you talking about? Reversing racism is equality. So let's just start there. If you reverse oh. racism, then you have equality. So we actually want a reversed you racism. You should want to be a victim of reverse racism. <laughs> you should want equality all day. Um, Harmony, but, but what people mean is when they say reverse racism, it's normally uh, a white person saying it about an uh, ethnic minority, saying mm-hmm. I was discriminated against or I felt ostracized or I felt some kind of way mm-hmm. because I was I became an ethnic minority in a group of people, yeah, and I was not the majority, and they treated me bad, yeah. So what you're saying is you experienced racism. Okay. Not reverse racism. Okay. And if you experience racism um, or prejudice, because mm-hmm. some people will say racism doesn't, uh, like white people can't experience, this is an argument. I don't agree okay. with it. Don't, but an yeah. argument is like white people can't experience racism because racism um, has to do with being able to affect your life. And white people can always step away from whatever situation and okay. live their life. I can see it. Um, whether you buy into that, agree- that mm-hmm. understanding or not. You definitely experienced prejudice. You experienced yeah. um, injustice, right? Yes. That's okay. You can say that. But when you call something reverse racism, what you're saying is racism for whites against ethnic minorities is normal. And acceptable. And, and acceptable. Like, that's racism. That's good old-fashioned racism. But if you flip it, that's that's wrong. That's backwards racism. Yeah. Racism isn't supposed to go backwards like that. I'm supposed to benefit from this, and here I am <laughs> so, experiencing it. And so don't don't call it reverse racism. That's not a thing. Just say, right, if you felt that you were treated with a bias, mm-hmm. um, you were preju- you were, had received pre- prejudice, racial bias, racial yeah. bias that those are things that yes you can identify as a white person like i experienced this yeah we value lived experiences no that's, one that's no right. one should take that from you but i think there's a fear and oftentimes i will say i think that there is an overemphasis of a feeling rather than the actual experience itself yeah. like oh well i felt outnumbered okay and you felt outnumbered. You didn't like it. Or you felt entitled to being treated a certain way. You weren't given favoritism in a way in a community where you felt you should have gotten it when you normally experience it among your white peers. Yeah. Say that. Own yeah. that. Don't say, 
well, I experienced reverse racism. No, you didn't. You did Maybe not. you experienced racism. Yeah. You experience reverse racism whenever you experience equality. And, and so- you, most of the time you get that all the time. So, <laughs> so let's, let's kill that y'all. Let's kill that. Let's Squash be off it. that. We're Squash off of reverse it. racism. It's, not a thing. it's Easter Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead. So you don't have to say that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're just going back to Jesus. On I'm everything. going back to Jesus on it because Good. that's what we need. Yes. To do. That's the whole point. So, so getting back to it, the world sees and smells this stain mm-hmm. of racism and they want nothing to do with it. It's true. And we talked about like, we should be lamenting, truly lamenting and mourning over our sin and repenting from it. That's getting yeah. our mind changed about what that sin has done, mm-hmm. um, to us, to others, to our relationship with Jesus and others. Yeah. And then, we, but we spend the rest of the year building these walls. Mm-hmm. So what's the solution? Like, what's the practical thing? Because we're moving into this. This is this is all that we talk about on this podcast is like practical, practical Christianity. Christianity. What's the practical solution to racism? Because it's so multifaceted. Yeah. So there's a bunch of, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff in order to address racism. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we have to understand that the church, need, the church, corporate church, needs to die to sin. We, like, holiness is something that isn't as popular in in especially in mega churches if you go to any church that draws in a large diverse crowd Mm -hmm. holiness isn't preached as well now that's Mm -hmm. not every church because somebody's gonna be like my church is a mega church and we preach holiness all the time awesome but that's not the norm um the norm is holiness and dying to sin is not uh is not widely welcomed in the church Mm -hmm. and we have to get there because in order for there to be revival in order for there to be new life new connections something has to die Mm. you can't have revival re living new life without death yeah so you we have to die to sin it just has to happen so and when we say die to sin because that's that's a churchy phrase Mm -hmm. essentially like stop sinning (laughs) is is like the easiest way to say it but like stop being racist yeah it's like to die to the sin of racism we have to put to death the programs that have benefited people while disparaging others and putting others at a disadvantage we have to put to death even some of the ministries that we have that are focused on um, like highlighting black pain or highlighting mm. Latino pain. High, like we have to stop capitalizing on the pain of minority groups and ignoring the things like the fact that there are thousands of missing and murdered indigenous women right now Come on. that are, it's not being invested. We have to put to death our understanding of what is worth our time and attention yeah. and what's not. We have to start shifting that around saying, Oh, well, no, we, we can't focus. I'm sorry. We can't focus on that ministry um, because we have to focus on this thing. This, yeah. this is the more important thing. Yeah, and when you're in the church, a lot of times um, that sinful ideation, right? The the, mm. I, the ideas of who's more important than who. Okay. Um, the the worldly mindset starts to seep into the church, and when you read uh, the book of Revelation, when he uh, writes the when Jesus is speaking to the churches, right? The seven letters to the churches. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those letters to those churches, he's condemning the the church for looking like the culture it's in. Yeah. He's condemning the church. Every church, he's like, hey, this is what you're doing. Mm. And then if you do the research on that area, it's like, oh, that's what that city was doing at yeah. that time. And so um, the ways of the world are less than. We as the as the people of God are not supposed mm. to be buying into the way of the world. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be removing ourselves mm. from the ways of the world, living as kingdom citizens in the world. Mm. And so um, you have to die, to, die to sin means this first I have to identify that this thing is sin. Mm-hmm. And then when it tries to live in me, it can't because I'm no longer alive to sin. Yeah. Racism can't find me. It doesn't have my address anymore. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not there. I'm not mm-hmm. where it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so That's we, good. we have to know that the stains on the church, 
um, are ways in which these worldly values and these worldly systems and these worldly commitments creep into the church. Yeah. And, and these stains specifically racism, what we're talking about now, um, they, they set themselves up in our church in insidious ways Mm -hmm. and they hide themselves as, as whatever they want to hide themselves as. Yeah. And it's, it's just like when in the old Testament we see, um, the world when they, when the Jews got conquered, right. Mm -hmm. They would, they, they only destroyed the temple twice. The other times when they got, um, taken over and conquered, they would just set the temple up as a, um, altar to some false God. Yeah. And so we see that in churches. We see that Mm -hmm. the world has crept in and set the church up as a temple to the false God of nationalism or of superiority or supremacy or whatever. And I will say, I see this most notably in like the church planting movements that are happening where, and and then there's value to it. I'm not, I'm not diminishing church. I love church planting. I think it's an amazing, um, focus of ministry, but when we start, I guess, um, reducing down church planning to just certain groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we're, we're trying to reach these people, but then we start doing it in a way that is actually appealing to nationalism and patriotism. Like for instance, I will say there have been cowboy churches mm-hmm. that it's a great movement. Yeah. It's a, you're appealing to a very specific demographic, but you have to understand when you're reaching out to that demographic, you have to know the sins that that demographic struggles with and yeah. know how you may be feeding into that with your theology. And you yeah, ha- don't harbor those sins. Yes. And you, and we have to understand like this, the, the altar and the idol of inferiority mm-hmm. is one that it transcends race. Yeah. But we have to know when we're church planning, like, Oh, like, am I feeding into this idol? Mm-hmm. It's already set. I mean, it's already so there's no church here. There's just an idol here. Am I just building a church around this idol? I'm just putting a building around it mm. and telling people to come gather in the name of Jesus. And also a little bit of inferiority, like yeah. a little bit of nationalism thrown in and sprinkled on top. Wow. Like we, we have to address that when we're church planning, especially because you are talking about starting from the ground up. Yeah. And, and if so your foundation isn't Jesus, then the whole building's going to gonna collapse. So another thing you can do, um, Besides what we just said, you know, we're talking about <laughs> practicality here, right? You know, just practical points. Um, get around uh, people of other cultures and it, and be exposed to their culture. Now, what don't you mean by that? What I don't mean is I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like being exposed to and getting familiar with other cultures does not mean start adopting other people's cultures and misappropriating certain oh, practices. Yes. Cultural appropriation is uh, a part of racism that we can unknowingly be participating in. That's good. See, you had somewhere you wanted that. To I go, had an answer. I did I the thing ready. that women do. Sometimes we women do this. <laughs> we ask the question. You're leading already questions. knowing the answer. Like, and yes. what did you mean by that? And, uh-huh. and, and also, <laughs> well, and what I mean, what you can do is you go worship with people and more importantly, not just worship with people of other cultures, but learn from other people of other cultures. Just, and this goes around. I mean, no matter what your nationality or ethnicity is, you can always learn from someone else. Yeah. And especially when you start to put yourself in a position of um, superiority, whether it's, it's cultural or ethnic or national superiority, um, Find someone in another people group mm-hmm. who's a teacher, a prominent teacher, a biblical teacher, mm-hmm. and, and learn from them. Go to a different church and learn how they worship. And, and don't just show up and be like, oh, yeah, this is cool for, you know, those beneath me. But show up open and ready for the Lord to convict you of areas where you're not surrendered, where you're yeah. not learning. And so That's you good. have to put yourself in a place where you can uh, experience worship alongside brothers and sisters of, in Christ 
and all sorts of <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Brothers you were trying to channel another culture I right was there. Trying to do it didn't work out. It didn't work out too well. But do do that. Yeah. Well, and something I've seen um, happen with that because I, I know a lot of um, American pastors and seminary mm-hmm. students who are really connected with churches in Africa. And that's an mm-hmm. amazing... In Southern America. Um, and South America. Yeah, South, uh, the, like the global South. Southern America. <laughs> Southern America? Well, <laughs> no. we know Southern America. No, I'm There's people America. connected in Southern America, too. It's true. Um, but anyway, in the global South. And there's there's a tendency as Americans that we have that's like, oh, well, I have a pastor friend in Africa. <laughs> and so I know all... Like, to have this puffed-up sense of awareness and connectivity mm-hmm. when... African Christians and the culture there is very different from African American Christianity. And depending and on what country you're in in Africa, there's very different. different. Yeah. Like, so please hear this uh, with the love of Jesus. Don't assume to know about one other culture just because you have an affinity for or a, a mild connection to um, yeah. the African church because it's very different. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that's that. That's good. Um, also, we said this in the last episode, but check your bias and use your voice. And what I mean by check your bias is it's your responsibility if you have some um, malice or some reaction towards a people group. Um, it's your responsibility to check that bias. Why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. It's not anyone else's responsibility to educate you. You need to get educated. Uh, and then use your voice when you see those areas of bigotry, of racism, of oppression, speak out against them. Don't mm-hmm. just be like, well, I know it's wrong. And they should know, too. They may not. And especially if mm-hmm. you're part of a, a ethnic majority in a in a in a setting in a church or a, an event, whatever, your voice is going to carry more weight mm-hmm. than the ethnic minority who's speaking out already. Yeah. And so um, use your voice to speak out against bigotry wherever it is mm-hmm. and also to identify the bigotry in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. We have some friends that do that really well. Yes. I would say, um, some doctor friends who do that really well out mm-hmm. in Western Kansas. So, yes. um, also this is one of the things that we're actually going to talk about more this week. We have another like mini episode we're going to release mm-hmm. about this, but, um, in the spirit of Easter yeah. and we're closing down, this is no longer the Lenten season. We're not like mourning and weeping over our sin in the same way, but at the same time, practically mm-hmm. you should be doing that continually that should be a continual practice so mourn and weep over the sin and stain of racism in the church Um, nobody needs to hear about how it's not your fault yeah this is an issue in the church and we're going to talk about this and what it means for our compassion and how that affects our actual ministry, how it affects our standing with Jesus when we don't have compassion. And so we hope that you will join us for that. Um, Just as a side note and a side announcement as at the end of this year. And a side hustle. No, I'm just kidding. um, It is going to be Nick's birthday. By the time you um, hear next week's episode, it will be already have been his birthday. What if they don't listen to this episode for three weeks? Then it might be. Then you missed his birthday. But also on (laughs) April 16th, Nick 2021. Is, Nick is going to be ordained. This Finally. is a huge deal because he has been through so much. That's our dog snoring in the background. If you I can don't know hear if it. they can hear okay, it. Okay, hopefully you can. Um, but he has been through so much. He's been committed to um, this ordination track. It has changed multiple times mm-hmm. um, under no control of his. And he has, he's made it. He's April 16th. It's scheduled. It's on the calendar. Lord willing, it will happen. So please um, send Nick some encouragement. Mm-hmm. If you follow us on Facebook, we're, we're going to be posting about it because, you know, I'm a super excited wife. I'll drop that cash I don't want to say I'm proud of him, but I'm super, super proud of him. And also, well, thanks, he babe. will be graduating next month. 
with his Masters of Divinity. So there's a lot happening Y'all. for this guy right here. It has been he a big needs year. your prayer. Come on. He needs your encouragement All of it. more than ever because when you start getting to the end of something that God has for you, you already know the enemy is coming at you every angle. So we're just going to cover him in prayer and we appreciate you listening and supporting our podcast. We have yes, so we've much. grown in support um, since we moved. We've grown in support in the past um, couple of years more than we ever could have imagined. So thank you so much thank to you, our thank inner you, circle. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you to all of you who continue to listen, watch, share it, support it. It it really matters to us. It really makes a difference in our ministry. And if this is your first time uh, listening to the Nick Smith Podcast and this has added value to your life, please share this with someone and let them know about the Nick Smith Podcast. Yes, this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.